and you know what? I've I've done this throughout my life. Every no that I would get, it would give me all the passion that I needed to work harder to turn this no into a yes. Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I'm your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with a guest to ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them that they take to a desert island, aka Beauty Island, that I am sending them off to. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean practical products. Rather, it's the beauty products they've come across throughout their lives that carry significant stories or memories for them. Think the product that reminds them of their mum, the beauty product that define their teens, or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. This episode, my guest is Maria Hatsi-Stefanis. She's the founder of Rodial and Nippon Fab, author of How to Be an Overnight Success, host of the fantastic podcast Overnight Success, and has a casual 1 million followers on Instagram. Her own overnight success has taken, well, many years. Being fired from her job in banking and finance turned out to be a blessing in disguise. It was the catalyst for founding high-end beauty brand Rodial, which counts Cameron Diaz and Emma Stoge amongst its celebrity fans and is now sold in 20,000 stores in 35 different countries. But it took self-funding after she couldn't get investment, five years of hustle, one big risk and a bottle of snake serum to really take off. Launched a few years later, her second beauty brand, Nip and Fab, gave Kylie Jenner her first beauty campaign and the next year she went on to launch Kylie Cosmetics. Coincidence? You decide. Maria is now based in London, so one morning her time and one evening my time, we got together to talk about her beginnings growing up on a remote Greek island, the reality of being an overnight success, her incredibly honest advice on balancing being a parent and running a successful business that I think every parent needs to hear, the power of eyebrows, and the $35 exfoliating face pads that will change your life. And I can personally vouch for them too. I hope you enjoy. Maria, welcome to Beauty Island. Speaking of islands, I think you actually grew up in a remote island in Greece. What was your childhood like? It was very relaxed. It was very low-key. I remember uh, being sort of a young child and, and spending a lot of time on the beach and, and just having a very healthy lifestyle. And that really made me very grounded, which is something that I really value right now as my life is super hectic with my businesses. So it's great to be able to have this feeling of, you know, where I'm from and have this being grounded whenever needed. So that was good. And can you remember your first interaction or introduction to beauty? I can't imagine, you know, there were big beauty stores all around you growing up. Yeah, in fact, there were no beauty stores. There was just one small store and it had, it, it was almost like a pharmacy. It wasn't like a real beauty store. But I do remember like the first beauty product that I ever bought 
was, you're going to laugh at it, tweezers. <laughs> and, you know, coming from Greece, I had very, you know, bushy eyebrows and big, thick eyebrows. And I just hated them. So the first thing that I, you know, what I was quite conscious about having thinner eyebrows. And so that was the first thing that I got. And that's something that stayed with me. I've, uh, I've been over, over plucking my eyebrows for many years. And now I am obsessed with having thicker brows. So as you can see, I have much thicker brows now. And when I started uh, developing the Rodial makeup range, I was very keen to bring a lot of eyebrow pencils because I do feel that eyebrows make you look younger. And so that was the first beauty product that I ever bought. And I think there was also a, another beauty product that you grew up watching your mum use, which is the Nivea cream in the blue tin, which is instantly recognisable. And I remember listening to another podcast interview you did and you had quite an ingenious hack that you used this cream for. Can you tell me about yeah. that? Um, so I was 14 years old and I grew up with seeing my mom and my grandmother using this Nivea cream in that blue tin, that super old fashioned one. Although I do, I do think it's coming back in fashion now. And I was going out. Um, I was getting ready with a girlfriend of mine. I wanted a little bit of color of my cheeks and we didn't have blush. So what I did is I got that Nivea cream and mix it up with a little bit of lipstick and create first ever cream blush. I got really excited. Oh my God, I can create beauty products. So that was probably the first time that I started thinking that uh, one day maybe that's a career for me, but I didn't do anything at the time. So, <laughs> so at that time, what did you think the future held for you career-wise? Was there something specific you were you were gunning for? I thought I would be a magazine editor. I love fashion and I would see myself editing a magazine. One of your first jobs was actually as a part-time beauty writer for Seventeen magazine. So I imagine that must have given you a bit of a, a bit of a taste for it as well. What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was initially interested in fashion. So I wanted to be a fashion stylist and a fashion editor. Uh, but I didn't have a job at the time. So they said, you know, come over and we have a beauty writer slot for you so I said you know I'm put me down for that I will I will try it and yeah I spent a couple of years that was while I was at uni so I was going to the magazine I was commissioned to do all different pieces and interviews and try different products so that was my first proper interaction with the beauty industry so you grew up in Greece you studied in Athens I think and then you ended up in New York doing an MBA how did how did that come about? I wish I could say there was a big plan and I planned it all, but it wasn't really. I was uh, dating this guy who is now my husband. And after dating for about six months, he said, oh, I'm now going to New York to study. And I was like, what? So anyway, I wasn't happy about that. I went and I visited him um, six months into his degree and I just loved New York. And I said, oh my God, I love New York. I need to find a way to get there. So how do I go to New York? You know, I was, I was young and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and start. So I put it all together and I ended up in New York studying for a business degree. So yeah, here I was. But you know, I, I wish, as I said, that there was a big plan, but it just wasn't. So I ended up in New York and <laughs> for a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> now husband, so it obviously paid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to continue your kind of city hopping, obviously this is happening over a number of years. You were working in banking, you were in London. And then, and you, you're open about this, you've spoken about this, you were called into a meeting and you were fired. Now, obviously now it seems like a blessing in disguise. We know great things happen from that. But 
at the time, how did it feel? Did it take you long to kind of pick yourself up and start what ended up being Rodial? Well, the story goes like this. So I, here I am in New York, finishing my business degree. And then I just needed to pay my student loans and, and you know, start earning some money. So I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was offered a job in banking, uh, first in New York and then moved to London. I did that for a couple of years, but I was I was terrible. Uh, everyone was reading Financial Times. I was reading Vogue. I'm like, I don't fit here. I wasn't excited about my job. And then one day I was called into a into the boardroom, and there and then I was fired. So you know what? I was devastated. This was my first ever big job, and I th- actually thought I would have a career there, even though I hated it. But then, in hindsight, this is the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me realize where my true passion lied, and it wasn't banking, it wasn't finance. And that's when I thought I'll start my own company. What is it that I love? Beauty, and that's how it all started. And we will get into the story of how Rodial came to be about. But first, the beauty. Your third product is the beauty product that defined your teens which is dark berry lipstick tell me about this love you know what as i said i was always very much into fashion so being born and raised in a small remote island in you know, fashion wasn't that sophisticated so when i moved to athens and then new york i just really wanted to have an edgy look about myself so i had i dyed my hair uh, blue black and i was actually wearing blue contact lenses i mean my eyes are green so i wanted them to be even brighter and i had a super white foundation and dark berry lipstick so for me you know it was about expressing myself and and looking cool and fashiony so yeah there was a lot there a lot of berry lipstick going on (laughs) so tell me a bit about how the idea for rodeal came about what kind of gap in the beauty market did you identify and aim to fill with the brand when i started there wasn't really much excitement in the skincare industry everything was very basic a moisturizer for all skin types a foaming cleanser a toner it was all super basic so my idea was i wanted to come up with a range that would offer targeted treatments to specific skin concerns and i wanted to come up with a range that was fun that had interesting names exciting ingredients and was very effective and at that point there was nothing in the market obviously it's so different now we were talking in the late 90s i think 1999 when Uh, it first started. I mean, is it crazy to think how much the beauty industry has changed in that 20 years? It has changed so much. I I feel lucky that I was able to launch my brand at the time where we had a lot of traditional PR available and traditional media. And it was harder to get your brand noticed. But, you know, we've done all sorts of interesting things, like, you know, the snake serum story. I'm sure you know about that. So... That was probably the the moment that made Rodial what it is today. So it was about five years into the business. The business was doing okay. Uh, it wasn't doing great. No one cared about us. Um, so I was having this meeting with my team, and we were going to launch our first anti-aging serum. And we sat down, and we thought about this, and it's like another anti-aging serum. I mean, that's boring. We're not excited. So I was going through the ingredients, and one of the ingredients related to Viper Venom. And I thought, oh my God, you know, what an amazing story. Let's just call the product snake serum. 
and and my team thought, oh my god, you know, you're gonna get us out of business. But anyway, we they played along, so we capitalized on the name and did the photo shoot with snakes, made the product black. Snakes room put Rodiel in the map. From that point on, we started shipping pallets of products all over the world, opening new markets, and everyone was talking about this new brand that had this crazy product called Snake Syrup. So I feel at the time, um, if you were smart and took risks and, and worked the traditional media, and we did it really well, that really helped us build the brand. Things have changed now, and I have to say the competition is a lot fiercer. Back in the day, we were competing with the Estee Lauders and some of the other niche brands like ourselves. But today, you have all of the Instagram brands, you have all of the celebrity brands. So do you feel the beauty market right now is oversaturated? And I feel good that um, over the last 20 years, I have built a sustainable brand. As a business, we do look at different ways of differentiating ourselves and keeping up, and we have a strong digital marketing and social media um, uh, strategy. But then at the same time, we also work with traditional media. But it's the competition is fierce, and it's a space that we're, we're all kind of holding our breath and see where things will go. And I think it's really interesting that you bring up the snake serum story as you, as you referred to it kind of flagging that you were going at it for five years and it was at that point that the traction really started because obviously your best-selling book how to be an overnight success you have a brilliant podcast also called overnight success explaining and showcasing what we all really know deep down is that there is no such thing as an overnight success so I'm, I'm really interested and I think it's important also to, to talk about kind of those early days of establishing rodeo reading and, and listening to what you've said previously you were hustling hard, you were emailing, you were being really proactive, you kind yeah. of went out and took your success rather than it's just luck or it just it just happened overnight. One of the examples that I always share with, with young entrepreneurs is that I always had this dream of getting my products into this exclusive department store. And in my mind, you know, it wasn't coming from the industry, so I was probably clueless. I thought, I'm going to send them a bunch of products, you know, we'll get a bit of press. Next thing you know, I, I'm going to get a big counter. Well, it doesn't work that way. So um, I, I started, I sent them product. I was calling them. I was emailing them. Uh, nothing happened. They were not returning my calls. And, and I kept on doing this year after year. And every year I would either not hear back from them or they would say, we don't have space for your products or the timing's not right. And you know what? I've, I've done this throughout my life. Every no that I would get, it would give me all the passion that I needed to work harder to turn this no into a yes. And so I kept on connecting with them and being nice and taking rejection with grace. And then finally, it was year number seven that they responded to my email and said, let's have a meeting. And we had a meeting and they gave me the tiniest shelf and they said, you have six months to make it work or you're out. So even like getting into that store, it wasn't, oh my God, so now we're done, you know, it's great. And I had to go to the store every weekend. I had to go and sell my product. I had to put a lot of work to make it successful. And, you know, going back to my book, How to Be an Overnight Success, and, and my podcast with the same name, what I wanted to share to a lot of young entrepreneurs out there is that sometimes you feel success just comes to you. So I wanted to share with all the young entrepreneurs that, yes, you can be successful, but it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of grind that you have to put through and you will become successful. It doesn't happen overnight. You will have good days and bad days, 
but you will be successful. So don't give up. And, and that's really the message of my book and podcast. I am really curious about keeping that in mind. What was the moment or what was the event that made you finally think, this is successful. I, I am a success with this. Well, that was about five years ago when we launched Rodial Cosmetics. So we've had skincare going on for, for about 15 years. And then my, my, my dream was to also come up with a cosmetics range. And we launched our first ever flagship counter within Harvey Nichols here in London in Knightsbridge. And when I saw Rodial having a counter next to the likes of Tom Ford, Yves Saint Laurent, Esther Lauder, that was a very proud moment because it made me feel here I am, you know, I started from nothing and I'm next to some of the bigger names in the beauty industry. So that was probably the defining moment and I'm still very proud about it. Definitely one to be proud of. Now, the fourth product on your list is your holy grail or your greatest discovery, which you mentioned before, which is the Dragon's Blood Sculpting Gel, which I looked and apparently one sells every minute. That is incredible. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's actually, it's an old product. We've had it for about 10 years. And that was the product that followed the success of Snake Serum. So the story is, after the success of Snake Serum, I thought, well, you know, we have to give this up. You know, after a snake serum, you can't go to like your basic moisturizer. We have to top this up. And I came across, I was doing some research. I was actually traveling in a trade show in uh, Asia. And I came up with this ingredient called dragon's blood. It sounded amazing. I mean, the benefits of it are just insane. It, it traps in the moisture into the skin. It works together with collagen and plumping agents to give you XXL plumping. And we combined it together into a unique formula. And we created that dragon's blood sculpting gel um, and I think what's great about this product and it's always a staple wherever I am at home at the office when I travel it has a beautiful texture that can act as so many things I use it as a primer as a mask I use it under my eyes I put a thick layer to help fine lines and wrinkles and it's such a great product sometimes I even use it as a body gel it's just amazing so this is the one product that i if i had to get rid of everything i would keep the dragon's blood sculpting gel amazing now you mentioned your husband before who you, yeah. you you've been together for for 20 over 20 years now and i believe he is also very much involved with the with the brands how is it working together and how important has it been having someone by your side who understands completely what you're working towards and what you're going through we've always co-owned the business so he was a co-founder but he had a job um, he had a different job but then he's been in the finance world for many years and when things started going south and he was actually at Lehman Brothers and then he comes one day and says what's going on I don't have a career anymore what am I gonna do so he said why don't I join the business and I freaked out I said no way this is this is my side of things you know this is my play field you can't you can't do this so I have to be honest with you at the beginning I was very reluctant because I had my relationship with my teams I was managing the things so I didn't know how it was gonna work um, so he came on board and and we had a deal I said you will have an office at the other side of the building so we arrive separately, we live separately, we're in different offices because I can't just suddenly have a boss. You know what I mean? 
So what what's really great about having him on board is we're very different. And by having him on board, while I was a little bit conscious at the beginning, I got him to focus and it, it's where his strength lies on areas that I'm not that excited about. He deals with operations, he deals with finance, he deals with IT. And at the end, I was I was really happy to get rid of those things, those areas, and, and have someone who I trust take care of them while I can focus on the more creative areas of the business, whether that's sales or marketing or PR or social media, digital marketing. So uh, it works because we're so different and it's great to have someone I trust. But it, it, was, it was a journey. It, <laughs> it, it didn't happen overnight. You also did a great episode of your podcast, Overnight Success, talking about the juggle of work and family because you have two sons one of whom was born quite early in the rodeal journey and you said I'm a good businesswoman and a good mother but not at the same time which I think is such an important thing for women to hear that firstly it's okay a lot of people feel the same way did it take you long to kind of realize that was how was that kind of tussle when you're trying to you're trying to be the best at both which is just not possible sometimes it was a challenge at the beginning because I had my first son and and the business was already around for a couple of years and I wasn't confident about my business at the time I didn't know where that was going and I was definitely not a confident mother either it was a first thing first time for me so I was at the beginning it was hard of course you know you can find help but especially with the firstborn it, you're very attached to them and it's very hard to to distance yourself and say, uh, I'm going to get him into a daycare center or get some, some help at home. It was really hard for me to make that decision, but I always had to force myself to do this. But my, my passion for making Rodial successful was so big that that drove me to find ways to be able to combine everything. Um, I mean, I have to say it did help at the beginning that I was based at home so while um i always had some help to help me take care of the baby i could take um, a step back focus on my work and if something happened an emergency if he was unwell or um if i was let down by you know by by the au pair, uh, or whoever i had at the time i was able to step in and sort out the situation so i do feel in a way that women who have their own businesses can have a little bit more flexibility in managing family than someone who works in a more corporate environment but you know it it was a process I can't say that uh, I I ever had it perfect but uh, the key thing for me was to compartmentalize and make sure that if I'm at work I'm a hundred percent at work if I'm at home I'm a hundred percent at home I mean at at least I was the plan it it wasn't a hundred percent successful but that was the plan Now, the fifth product on your list is the beauty product that gives you a confidence boost or your signature look. And you said eyebrow pencil, which I think kind of ties back to the tweezers at the very start. I mean, I, you know what? This is the the million dollar secret of how to look younger. Like if I remove my eyebrow pencil, you would think I would, I would be much older. Like <laughs> I, I do feel that the way your eyebrows look defines your age in a way. And I think thicker stronger eyebrows define the eyes they define the face and they do take years off your face so I could not go out without my eyebrow pencil 
Is there a particular a particular one that you you love at the moment that you use or? Well, we have a couple at Rodial. So we've had the Glamour Brow pencil in ash brown. And I like using a ash color, so it's not too red, it's not too black. It, it was the perfect brown. And we just launched a new micro blade pencil because I wanted something with a lot more pigment that stays on all day. So I'm now using the it's it's the Rodial micro blade. Uh, eyebrow pencil in um, ash brown you, you mentioned when you're at work you're 100 percent at work or you try to be and when you're at home you're 100 at home and i wonder do you ever get space or distance from work or are you the kind of person that you you kind of you're on your emails at, at 10 p.m or whenever you whenever you can do you do you get a break from it or is it very much 24 um, 7 yeah i do i wasn't able to take a break when the business was very young because I was worried about how we're going to survive another day. So it was a very different time at the time. Uh, now there's still a lot of stress. It's a very different stress and different issues than what I had when I started. But I do, I, I, I follow my, you know, I, I, I listen to what my body feels. And if I feel I've had too much, and I need a break, I take a break. So, you know, we I, I try to switch off on the weekends. Uh, I do still take emails, but I used to go to the stores uh, weekends as well. Now I don't go to the stores on the weekends, but I do, do take emails. But I think the key thing for me is waking up early in the morning. That's and one of the key things that gives me my sanity. It, it makes me all set for the day and it gives me an hour in the morning. I love to wake up at five. Like today I was up at 4.45. I love to wake up in the morning and this is my time to relax, read the book, listen to a podcast, um, write my journal, make my plan for the day or the week. Or if I want to indulge looking on Instagram or fashion sites, I can do that too. So I do find that small breaks and, and having an hour, an hour and a half in the morning to myself, it's what I need to get set for the day. The next product on your list is the perfume that holds a special memory for you, which is Orange Blossom Tree. Can you tell me a bit more about this and the story behind it? When I was young, we had this beautiful orange tree in our garden we had a little garden and I do this this is a scent I, I, I grew up with you know I, w- I would smell it you know all spring there were the orange blossom flowers and I just loved the scent um, and that scent really stayed with me to the point that right now every single uh, rodial product whenever we brief the perfumers there's a citrus element into it so um, for example for our dragon's blood range it's peach and citrus for the snake range it's rose and citrus so there's always a citrus undertone in all of our products because i just have great and positive memories from this orange blossom flower that's as we know it's a citrus fruit i have a massive collection and i just use a different one depending on the mood i like single ingredient scents so um i love a brand it's called clean and they have perfumes that make you they they smell like fresh fresh laundry or sort of big or again just a single citrus note i like single notes i don't like complicated perfumes that you smell and you don't know what you're smelling so yeah it's all about being fresh it's all about being i have to say i'm I'm really bad at remembering on putting on perfume so i usually rush out in the morning to go to my meetings 
So what I do is I have a hold of perfumes everywhere around me. I have um, a mini one in my bag. I have three or four on my desk or I spritz myself throughout the day. Yeah, so I just have a lot of perfumes, but just not as many at home. I have them in other places in the car. I have a perfume. Yeah, they're everywhere. You're prepared for every situation. I love it. I'm prepared for every perfume emergency now of course Rodial isn't your only beauty business you're also the founder of nip and fab which is a kind of an accessible beauty brand inspired by high fashion and high street collaborations i think i've heard you talk about can you tell me how how that came about because that was a few mm-hmm. a few years after Rodial was established that was that was eight years ago and at the time i was looking into the i'm always inspired by the fashion market and i was seeing a lot of interesting collaborations I was seeing Stella McCartney with Gap, Karl Lagerfeld with H&M, Bauman with H&M again. And I really like the idea of bringing some of the, of the DNA of a luxury brand into the mass market. And so I thought, how can I do this with, with my business? Because Rodial was doing great, but you know there was a market that um, was buying more affordable products that I wanted to reach out to. So I decided to take some of the DNA of Rodial and create a brand that was, the formulas a little bit more simplified, the distribution channel very, very different, sort of um, available to a wider audience, and yeah, more affordable price points. And Nip and Fab was born. And what's interesting is that at the beginning, Nip and Fab was almost a diffusion range from Rodial, and it shared a lot of products. And now Nip and Fab has its own personality. It is our little millennial brand. We've uh, we've had Kylie Jenner front a couple of our campaigns a few years ago before she started her own beauty company. And we have a very, very loyal, uh, younger millennial audience that, that Nip and Fab speaks to. So it started in a certain way and now it just evolved and Nip and Fab is taking over the world. So yeah, it's um, she's our younger, um, more sparkly sister. I have to say, I am a massive fan. We can get it in, obviously, Priceline here in Australia. And you've got one of their products on your list, which is the beauty product you trust with your life which is the Nip and Fab glycolic pads, which are also one of my absolute favorites. What What is it about this product that you love so much? Um, well, first of all, I have to say this is one of the original products of, of Nip and Fab. It's probably the first product that put Nip and Fab on the map, and we sell one per second. Like, we, we sell millions of those glycolic pads. What I love about this product, and this is because I'm a, a Deep down, I'm a very lazy person when it comes to beauty. I want things quickly. I don't have too much time to spare. And I find this is the one product. I don't have time to go and have facials. I don't do peels. Uh, but what I do is every night after I cleanse my skin and I sit down on my sofa watching Netflix, I take those pads and I go over. They exfoliate. They unblock my pores. They give me luminosity. And it's almost like having a facial. So if there's one product that I would trust for my skin that's uh, super affordable, it's the Nip and Fab Glycolic Pads. And I think the rest of the market agrees with me as we're selling millions. You can't argue with the numbers, can you? Can't argue with the numbers. As you mentioned before, you brought Kylie Jenner on as 
the kind of uh, the face or in in a campaign for the brand before she became who she was now this huge influencer beauty legend kind of and is it true that you dm'd her is that how it came about yeah it was crazy so we over the years we've been working with a lot of makeup artists and a lot of them are based in la in hollywood um so one of the makeup artists that we gifted with the nip and fab glycolic pads was on a shoot with kylie gave her the pads to remove her makeup after the shoot she loved the product put it on instagram now she was 16 years old like she she was nowhere near where she is right now and the minute she posted that on instagram we started getting lots of calls and emails and a lot of interest about the brand so yeah so we connected on instagram and we got in touch with um with her team and yeah the, the rest is history she she came to london we shot our her first ever beauty campaign here in london with nip and fab and then we did another a second campaign in la and then a month after that she launched her own range so i want to think that we had something to do with her getting into beauty and being inspired because she's the first from the kardashian family to come up with her own beauty range and now kim has followed and everyone else but i'm, I'm very proud of her you know she's uh she's a um, smart little entrepreneur and I was I was very proud that we were the first company she did the campaign with. I have a, a very interesting story in my book about sourcing a nude bra for a photo shoot with Kylie yes. but you guys should go and check it out in the book. That's a little teaser for you yeah definitely yeah. definitely worth buying the book for that and many other tips and advice and interesting and stories. Yeah. Now as you mentioned before you've introduced cosmetics on both Rodial and Nip and Fab which is an exciting exciting move. What other plan or, or goals for that? I am I'm really excited about our makeup ranges and sort of what's different with Rodial makeup with a lot of the other makeup brands that are out there. We are coming from a point of view of a non-professional makeup artist. So Rodial is about products that women like myself would use. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a mom, I have a busy schedule. I don't have time to sit down and, and put on hours and hours of makeup. So I wanted to come up with products that are easy to use, um, that give you instant transformation. You can combine two or three of them together and give you that flawless look without have spent hours and hours on makeup. So I feel there's very few ranges right now that offer that. It, it's more customer-focused rather than makeup artist-focused. So I'm really excited. Growing by the day, we're launching new exciting products and we're very strategically increase our distribution because I want to make sure wherever we have our products we have our own makeup artists that wherever we sit down a customer we show her that we give her a little tutorial on how to use the product so I'm not about getting them in as many stores as possible and selling but we're more about the service and making sure that we have our client base that is passionate and loyal comes back and buys the products again and gets the full service so I'm really excited and I have to be honest with you, there's still a lot more work that we need to do to take the brand, the makeup brand, where I want to be. But it's, it's my my baby. It's my new baby and I'm working on it. And Nip and Fab is, is killing it. It's um, the cosmetics range. It's, it's very new. We've, um, we've had it for just over, over a year now. And we've had all the makeup artists in the world using it. We have huge social media and, and blogger and makeup artist followings. And it's it just, I, I cannot believe the quality that you get for the prices of Nippon Fab. It, it just, 
insane. And also with Nippon Fab, we are launching a fake fan range in about in about a month that I'm really excited about. It's all neon pink and beautiful, and I'm actually wearing the dark tan now because I love a nice tan. So yeah, tanning is a new category for Nippon Fab. We're just launching it, and yeah, let let's see where that takes us. We're very excited. You do look lovely and glowing even on FaceTime. So I'm excited <laughs> to try that when it Thank comes. Thank you. <laughs> is there anything about the beauty industry today that frustrates you? I mean, to be honest with you, I just feel that there is space for every brand. There's, there's, We all have a different customer base. What I like to do is follow my own lane. I think, you know, there's just so much out there and, and you can get distracted and you quite, you know, we all question ourselves at the time, saying, "Is this the right thing? Should I change because that brand is doing that? Shall I do the same?" And then, especially on social media, I don't follow any other beauty brands. I don't follow any beauty bloggers whatsoever, just because I really don't want to hear all the noise. I want to be in a place that. I know what my customer wants because I'm the customer. I will create those products for them. I know what I'm doing, why I'm doing this. I want to inspire women. I want to make them feel good, feel confident, make their life easy. And these are the products that I will keep producing. I don't want to be bombarded by what else is happening out there. And I, I tend to look into the fashion industry um, to get a break and also get an inspiration and a different point of view. But at the end of the day, I think there's space for everyone. And a lot of different brands can be successful and have a different audience. That's such a positive take on it. I love that. And how involved are you still in terms of the ideas for new products? Is that something, is that an aspect that you, you really love and are still really involved in? I am too involved. <laughs> <laughs> My team would say, just take a step back. Not only am I involved, but I am very, I am very pedantic. I would go through a texture of a formula 50 times until I get it right. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking of products. So this is an aspect that I am still very much on board. Um, I, it, it's what drives me. And I, I guess it's like fashion. The minute I come up with an idea... I'm already bored with it. I'm like, what's next? So it's what keeps me going. I, I love to be creative. And I think there's just such exciting technology and, and new products that we can come up with. So I'm still very much involved. And I think that's something that people, as, as a consumer, you might not be so aware of, is in terms of from idea to seeing the product on a shelf, what kind of timelines are we talking? How long does that kind of formula perfection take on average? Mm. It totally depends. We've come up with products that um, we had to roll out in three months in order to get on a trend. And there's been products that we've been working on for two years and then decided to even drop the product because it just wasn't making sense. But I would say on average, because we, we want to operate as a startup, even though we're a medium-sized company right now, we probably turn things around in nine months. That's the average, but it could be three months to two years. And speaking of uh, products, the beauty product that you use to treat yourself is the Rodial Pink Diamond Cleansing Balm, which sounds very interesting. Can you tell me a bit more about that one? When I was in my 20s, I had, I had this obsession of not having any oil on my skin. So I started using a lot of harsh cleansers that had a lot of, that were foaming, very harsh, but I felt some sort of satisfaction for stripping off all the moisture and being squeezed 
clean. And then one day I developed a acne and I never had acne when I was a teenager. So I go to a dermatologist and he says, well, it's, it's all about your cleanser. You are using a harsh cleanser and your skin it, to overcompensate becomes dehydrated. So one of the first products that I wanted to launch with with Vodial was a cleanser that was gentle for the skin. And I went for a, for a balm formula. The first ever balm cleanser that we did was the B-Venom cleansing balm. That's uh, already one of our bestsellers. And the latest version of that that we launched a few months ago, it's the Pink Diamond Balm Cleanser. So how it works, it goes on like a balm, and then I splash on water on my face, and the consistency turns into a milky toner. So even though it goes on feeling like a thick balm, when you wash it off, it, it turns into something super light. And I love to wipe it all off with a muslin cloth. And I have to tell you, the minute I switched from a harsh wash-off cleanser to a balm cleanser, my skin totally changed. There are times that I would cleanse my skin with um, with a balm cleanser in the evening, and I don't even need to use a moisturizer because it just feels supple and velvety and, and well-nourished while being very clean. So, yeah, I have this little ritual. So I put some aromatherapy uh, drops on my muslin cloth, and then I massage my face. So it's the, it's the pink diamond cleanser, but it's also the ritual that I, I follow to cleanse my face. And are you the kind of person who will, no matter what, always take their makeup off before they go to bed? I mean, yeah, I've been reading a few articles recently of celebrities saying, oh, I go to bed with my makeup. I think, you know what, it all depends on how much makeup are we talking about, you know. If it's TV or photo shoot level makeup, that's layer and layer and layer of foundation powder, you absolutely have to remove it. Now, if it's a little bit of a skin tint under your eyes, a little bit of concealer, and you want to go to, you know, you can't be bothered to remove it, I think it's okay. It's it's not going to hurt you. But in general, you know, I don't think we have an excuse to go to bed with makeup. There's wipes, there's easy formulas, it doesn't take long. So, you know, I, w- I would say, yeah, cleanse your face before you go to bed, definitely. Both your brands both have huge social media followings, as do you. Your personal Instagram account has over a million followers and you obviously run that yourself. And I love that it gives a real kind of insight into your kind of day-to-day life. And it's clear your passion for fashion is is very clear from your Instagram. I love all your outfit posts. Thank you. Is your life as glamorous in real life as it looks on Instagram? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's... um... You know, I go to work, I have meetings, I see my team. This is pretty much my day-to-day, but who wants to see that? Who wants to see pictures of meetings day after day? And at the same time, I am fortunate enough to, over the years, have met some very interesting people and go to some very exciting events. And that's kind of like a little treat after you've been working hard and uh, giving it all in your day-to-day job and 
going through the grind. It's great to be able to go to the Bazaar Awards and, you know, be next to Kendall Jenner and uh, Gigi Hadid. You know, it's it's great. Or a few weeks ago, I was in New York and I met uh, Corinne Reutfeld, who is an inspiration of mine. So I, I am really excited with the opportunities that I get. And I do have moments where I dress up and have my hair and makeup done and I do the red carpet and I meet exciting people. And these are great, but you know, my day to day is not glamorous at all. It's meetings. I had to pack boxes with my team the other day. It's chasing. It's a lot of unglamorous elements, but we can't show that on Instagram. And speaking of celebrities, obviously through your work, through your travel, like you said, fashion week and and lots of the events and uh, and things that you do, you've obviously met a lot of celebrities and, and influential figures. Is there anyone in particular that stood out or you kind of had a moment where I, you were like, I can't believe I'm, I'm meeting you in real life? I mean, I was, as I said, Corinne Royfeld was amazing and I've been admiring her from, from far um, for a while now. I, I stalk her on Instagram. I love the fact that she's a successful businesswoman. She, she's running, uh, she's been running magazines all her life. She's a mom. She's a fashion icon and she's cool. You know, I love those things. Um, I met Anna Winter a few months ago and yeah, I mean, that's, that's another woman I admire and I was in awe. But you know, also, you know, going back to Kylie Jenner and the Kardashians, you know, people love them or hate them. You know, there's strong opinions about them. But every time we, we work together, they're, they're hardworking. You know, Kylie was up at like four to have her makeup and get everything done. Uh, they're very professional. Uh, they they work hard. They deliver what they need to deliver. And it's, it's kind of great to be around successful people. I think it rubs off on you. With your podcast, obviously, there are episodes where you, you've shared your story and you talk about things. But you also do some really great interviews with people in the industry which I love and I wondered obviously life and working in business you are always learning is there a particular piece of advice you've got from the people that you've interviewed on your podcast um that kind of has stuck with you yeah um so there was um I have a one of my favorite episodes is how to build buzz for your brand with zero budget and this was with Alice Abroad, who is our PR agency in New York. And one of the things that she said that really resonated with me is that as an entrepreneur, you will love what you do, but you're not going to love every day of it. And I think that's for entrepreneurs, that's for everyone out there that, you know, sometimes we think the grass is greener on the other side. And I do feel that if you love what you do, you just have to keep going, whether you have good or bad days. And it doesn't mean if you switch to something else, it's all going to be perfect. That's a great piece of advice. And what would be your best piece of advice for someone who is in the early days of starting their business? Kind of what would you say to yourself when you were kind of starting, I think you were, you know, you were working from Starbucks trying to build this business. What would be your advice to someone who's at that stage of business? I would say that be focused on your goal, but always have a plan B. Thinking to myself when I started and I wasn't able to get into the store of my dreams with my on the first go, 
I, what I did was, okay, let me think about this. What am I learning out of this rejection? How can I improve myself? But also, is there another store I can go to and still be successful? And so that way I grew my business and opened a few more accounts that were not necessarily the accounts that I I dreamed of, but they were great accounts to um, to get the word out there and, and get my products visible to the market. So yeah, just don't get disappointed if your plan A doesn't go to plan. Always have a plan B and be focused on your goal. We just need to have alternatives. You had to pick just one product from the list of your products that you've spoken about today, your eight products. Which one would you pick to take with you to Desert Island? The Dragon's Blood Sculpting Gel. You didn't even that's hesitate. It. You knew straight away. <laughs> straight away. That's that. That's it. It's everything. Maria, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you and you've shared so many great stories and piece of advice that I know so many people will, will benefit from. So thank you so much. Thanks, Brittany. It's been a pleasure. Have a great rest of your day and night. Yeah. <laughs> Bedtime almost. <laughs> thank you. very much for listening to this episode of Beauty Island. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Maria and you can find all the links to her chosen products and where you can read, listen and follow her in the show notes. I highly recommend listening to her podcast Overnight Success. She has incredible guests including some top beauty makeup artists and influencers so it really is a must listen. If you did enjoy this episode please subscribe if you're not already and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. As a small, independent podcast, this makes such a difference in helping other people find us. Don't forget to share with a friend, a colleague, or a neighbour who you think might also enjoy this episode. Or you can share on your Instagram story. Just tag at Beauty Island Podcast so I can see and share it too. If you want to have a chat or have questions or recommendations, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Beauty Island Podcast. And I also have a weekly beauty newsletter called It's a Beauty, which is like a weekly beauty column packed with beauty reviews and tips. I'll pop the link to sign up for free in the show notes too. Thank you and until next time, bye bye.